0: just about time for the Sooners to head on up to Morgantown for a game that Oklahoma needs to win we turn to the expert to get us broken down on what's going on with West Virginia we welcome Josh Neighbors to the show on this edition of Locked On Sooners
1: you are locked on Sooners your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day
0: What's up, everybody? Josh Helmer here with you of The Ref and obviously Locked On Sooners. We welcome in Josh Neighbors of Locked On Big 12, Sirius XM Big 12 today as well. Josh, uh, well, first off, let me tell everybody, thank you for making Locked On Sooners and Locked On Big 12 your first, your second, your first listen every single day, your team every day right here on the Locked On Network. Josh, what's up, man? Welcome to the show.
1: Uh, we're getting down to it. It's a crazy how fast the season goes by. I mean, we, we've ripped through it. I'm, you know, it's like, we kind of get in this week to week rhythm and grind. And I, I know for Sooners fans, it's been especially long season. So you guys probably don't feel like I do, but it, you know, we only got three games left. We have three regular season games left, which is crazy. Uh, we're 75% of the way there for most of these teams. So it's just, it's nuts.
0: So you probably Josh had a little bit different perspective than you know, myself or John or those of us that have been indoctrinated into everything Oklahoma Sooners, right? You had a little bit more big picture view. And quite frankly, now that we look back on the way this season has played out, probably a more realistic view about the Oklahoma Sooners and Brent Venables for year one. Uh, I I still, you know, for me, it's hard for me to separate that this hasn't been disappointing uh, on several fronts for Oklahoma. But where are you at with year one with Brent Venables, with Oklahoma – what you've seen so far, where are just your general thoughts at with Oklahoma?
1: Yeah. I mean, it it felt like the line of demarcation for them was that Nebraska game, right? I know Nebraska is not very good, but you watch that game and you see, you know, after that first drive, how good their offense was and how good their defense was and how dominant they were. And it felt like they were, they were, you know, they're kind of on the right path at that point in time. and, then they hit conference play, and things got really bad in a hurry, right? That Kansas State game was close, but we, we'd seen that before. Then the TCU game just got absolutely sideways so fast. And then the Texas game, obviously, too. And, uh, you know, I, I did not expect this. I, I was pretty high on Oklahoma coming into the year. I thought their schedule was pretty easy. I thought that, that was the one nice thing they had was the schedule broke pretty favorably uh, for them. And, and things just got off to a really weird start. Their, their defense has just been so dreadful. It's. I mean, it's crazy to think too. Brent Venables' defense could be this bad, but um, you know, I think there's there's a there's a combination of reasons for that, as a lot of Oklahoma fans know. But that's what sticks out to me. The offense, it's been inconsistent. I know Dylan Gabriel' injury uh, was bad. I think that also exposed how poorly prepared they were at quarterback for having you know a backup go, which I thought was really inexcusable, honestly, considering how good the backups in this conference have been. I mean, Oklahoma's supposed to be the big dog and there's no backup plan. You know, there's there's backup plans everywhere else except for OU. Uh, I I think it's just been a combination of things. And so they're still in a good position. I actually think they've got a chance to win all of their remaining games, but it's just been really up and down for them. And, um, you know, last week was kind of a show-and-tell week with two teams playing really well. Oklahoma turns the ball over and can't stop the run at all. And they lose that game to Baylor at home. So it's been a disappointing season for sure. But once again, we've seen year ones go worse for coaches and we've seen year twos go better for coaches. So, you know, it's it's not always going to be automatic success everywhere you go for a first time coach.
0: I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, you're preaching to the choir for Oklahoma fans. That, That Red River game was just nightmarish for OU fans. The fact that, look, you could be that wildly unprepared with a backup quarterback i mean look we get it the dylan gabriel situation was not good that was not an easy situation for oklahoma but to look that inept had had sooner fans just ripping their hair out so okay from the the negative maybe to a little more positive with oklahoma before we just dive in completely to what you've seen from west virginia and the type of challenge that that the mountaineers will present for oklahoma i mean paint me a positive picture right i mean it's look oklahoma's lost four games and in Norman, Oklahoma, people around here myself included, not used to that with the Oklahoma Sooners, right? So, paint me a positive picture, Oklahoma wins out the rest of the season, wins a bowl game. Why why be optimistic right now with Oklahoma?
1: Well, for the remaining schedule piece of this, I mean, think about what's left for them. They've got, you know, they've got this game this weekend at West Virginia. They've got Oklahoma State at home for Bedlam and I mean, as bad as OU has been, Oklahoma State is almost like checked out of the of the season. And I mean, it just shows you like they were, they are so, they were so reliant on Spencer Sanders. They were so reliant on him. as just not going well. Talk about, you know, team not prepared for the backup either. Good Lord. Oklahoma State is, is in that category too. Uh, and then they have Texas Tech, and Tech is really just back and forth right now in their quarterback situation. I mean, they cannot take care of the football at all right now. So if OU can generate some momentum going to that final game of the season, I mean, there is a case to be made that OU could end up. At what it would be at the end of the year eight and four so it's there it's available but they're gonna have to play better for that to happen i'm i'm i think the effort they had last week could actually i know it wasn't good it could actually win some of the games like against oklahoma state they might actually win the game with that effort considering how bad they've been texas tech that effort might actually win the game if you get tech from the baylor game so it's gonna depend on which team shows up across the field and it probably beats west virginia too Uh, So I think they're pretty lucky that their schedule is not very hard the rest of the way, but um, we've seen moments of Oklahoma being able to play well. It's just, they haven't strung it all together, but luckily they're playing teams who I think actually have bigger problems than OU does the rest of the way, which is, I, I know it's not like the most positive way to spin it, but like it's about
0: as positive as you can get right now. Defensively, I think for me, Josh Neighbors, by the way, have locked on Big 12 uh, the Sirius X and Big 12 Today show as well, hanging out with us here today on Locked On Sooners. You know, for me, one of the things that I keep harping on, Josh, is just show me some legitimate, tangible improvement defensively. The rest of the way. Where are you at with Oklahoma on that front? I mean, is that the biggest goal for the Oklahoma Sooners the remainder of this season? We can talk about, hey, they finish eight and four, and all of a sudden, you know, bowl win. Now you're nine and four, and it's amazing, right? You know, one thing I keep saying on this show, it's amazing how much different sun's a little brighter, right? Weather's a little nicer when you just find a way to start winning football games. But just big picture for Oklahoma, outside of the obvious, which is you know, win out the rest rest of your schedule here. I mean, is it as simple as play better defensively and sooner fans can have some hope moving forward?
1: Well, I, I, I guess, and you're, you're even more in tune in this than I have, like the, the Danny Stutzman thing is, I think, a really interesting inflection point, right? Because we're talking about, like, how receptive are these players being to how they're coached? And that is really important thing because and it looked like Steve Sarkeesian. We saw it last week with, with the, the or last year with the Bo Davis video. Right. I mean, just letting the guys have it on the bus. And there was and they told us there'd be a lot of roster turnover. And there has been. And like, I think you can see it. I mean, you know, there's seven point favorite against number 14 in the country this week at home. I think they also have had some results to show you like things are turning around a little bit, even though there's still a, a touch of that DNA from last year's team left in this year's team. Like we we've seen how much things can turn, so I think I think I mean I'm not saying Danny Stutzman's going to transfer, but you have to ask yourself like the you know is this clicking is this group clicking with these coaches and especially on defense the answer is no at all, A- especially in that run game. I mean it's funny because we talk so much about like how how physical the practices were, right? The discussion about how things were getting ratcheted up in camp, and they OU was doing things now that they hadn't been doing in the past. And it's not showing up on the field at all. I mean, they're not the tougher team most of the time. Baylor, you knew they were going to run the football all over them, and they did it easily. They're the worst rushing defense in the league, and considering they're Oklahoma and the type of player they should be able to recruit up front, it's just – I mean, I think it's unacceptable is probably the right word to use. I've heard that used – so I don't know if you can turn that around in three games. And if we're talking about stuff like that. You know, there's Danny Stutzman comment. Like, it doesn't seem like the players are picking up on stuff that can help them turn it around in those three games. And the offense has been up and down. I mean, I, I think that's a fair thing to say. Eric Gray has been awesome this year. I think he's really been one of the, the bright spots for them. Uh, Gabriel's been inconsistent. And look, I mean, I think that, you know, he gets injured this year. He's coming off an injury last year. That's there. So I think with Lebby and, and if you know if you get Levy for a second year which I still don't believe is a guarantee I mean you never know what kind of smaller job come open if he wants to take that but if you do get year 2 of Levy, which I expect they will I think some of that stuff will would sink in a bit more and that would improve moving forward but the defense is really where I think all the eyes are on because Alex Grinch those defenses weren't good enough. They put a lot of guys in the league last year, but they were not good enough in performance. You think BV and some things just get better. They haven't at all, which is the big surprise.
0: It has been. Yeah, I mean, that's been the, the puzzling thing for Oklahoma. And the Danny Stutzman comments, you know, I'm, I'm kind of torn between Danny Stutzman's a little bit of a joker, right? And does he just not, is the message just not sinking in? Right. I think that's a legitimate question to ask with Danny Stutzman and with Oklahoma. I tend to kind of lean a little bit more in your direction to where if nothing else, some serious introspection needs to happen there with Danny Stutzman. And with and it other- doesn't matter
1: too. Sorry, control. it doesn't matter. Like even if he's a joker, like look at the results of the field, they're clearly not sinking in at all. So even if he's joking, whatever else is being told to him
0: clearly isn't sinking in. Right. I mean, well, and look, you know, here's something we talked about on the, the radio side today is, you know, you could be the funniest guy in the world and it can be a joke, but it's not a joke to Sooner fans right now. And when they hear you basically say, ah, eh, you know, so I'm one one foot off, one step off, and the defense is the primary kryptonite for a lot of your problems, no, it ain't going to go right. over well. It's not going to be received well. So, man, it's uh, in part a full-on mess in Norman, Oklahoma right now. You know where else it's a mess? West Virginia. And we got a coach that uh, probably is, you know – Need some wins to keep his gig. Let's talk about West Virginia real quick. Let me tell you, underdog fantasy, it's amazing. You got to check out underdog fantasy, easy to play. It's available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team. There's other options out there as well. Decide where they're going to finish, higher, or lower. Or you pick one of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold hard cash, ladies and gents, in a single game. So, your deposit. They'll match that first deposit up to $100 free. So go to underdogfantasy.com, find underdog fantasy app uh, in the App Store, Google Play Store, you name it. And uh, use our promo code locked on. That's uh, locked on, one word. West Virginia, right? Let's, uh, man, talking about messes. We got one mess traveling to another mess. Yeah. This
1: week. It's not good.
0: West Virginia is a tough team to figure out, or maybe they're the most simple team to figure out, right? They're an absolute adjunct failure on the road. But in Morgantown, I think Oklahoma's got to be on red alert. This is going to be a tough game for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, what they haven't, West Virginia has not beaten Oklahoma yet, if I'm correct, right? That is is not something that has occurred yet during their time in the Big 12. Right. Uh, That's, I I really don't think that's going to change because the one thing OU just does not do well is stop the run. Well, you're looking at a rushing offense right now that in West Virginia that's number seven in the league. And they're only up there, Josh, because they're propped up by some stuff that was done earlier in the year, right? Because and the big thing for them right now is there's no CJ Donaldson. I'm not sure if they have Tony Mathis this weekend either. And I mean, they they don't have guys to like carry the football. There's Justin Johnson last week, and then they use Garrett Green, who's a backup quarterback, who'll come in and do some things for them a the passing game. Like, yeah, I think he'll I think he's maybe caught a couple passes. He'll run, obviously, to throw it a little bit. But they're not built to beat Oklahoma. You know, They're not built to take advantage of OU in the way that Bay- Baylor was. And this kind of gets to the heart of what's going wrong at West Virginia right now is, and I've been saying this all year, they've got no identity at all. And they don't have the talent to form an identity. They, it feels like they don't have the coaching to do it either. Their defenses have been good in the past. I know this one's been banged up a little bit, but it's still not good at all that you think about like what does west virginia football do well this year you really can't point to anything and they're hanging with neil brown right now because number one athletic director shane lyons believes in neil brown and I, a lot of people like neil brown like he is really well liked But a lot of people like matt wells right and a lot of people like gary pat well i'm not sure gary Patterson <laughs> so well liked but, but you get you get the point right and like sure they're great guys you know a lot of these guys are but this is about this is, you know, this is cutthroat stuff. This is big money, big time college football. Like, you know, I feel bad for the grad assistants. I'm not going to feel bad for the guys making two, three, four, five, six million four, five, $6 million a year to coach football. And look, Neil Brown get paid, I think, 16 million a number if they fire him at the end of the season. Not going to feel bad for him. But to me, you know, Josh, if you look at this. Like the one thing must be they must not have the money to do it right now. Because if you're talking about getting that recruiting class together, uh, and they actually have a, a decent one this year, but trying to make sure you can retain some players in the roster, preventing that you need to be in that mode pretty much now. And they're not. And so this makes me think that they might not have the money to pull the trigger right now. And uh, that means good news for Neil Brown. Cause he might get one more year to save his job or it's really bad news for West Virginia because, uh, as the conference changes, I don't think this is the right time to be in a downturn the way they are. So big picture for them, it's it's not looking good. And look, things can turn around in the flash. I mean, we saw what TCU did, but that that roster's got nowhere near the talent that a TCU roster has. So it's it it's a pretty bleak picture right now in Morgan. I think it's fair to say the word is bleak uh, for them. And it sucks to say, because they're great fans, good fan base, but it's not looking good right now.
0: So JT Daniels, obviously that was the, the big transfer portal acquisition for West Virginia coming into the season. How has that experience gone for the Mountaineers And what type of challenge does West Virginia present to Oklahoma with their offense? So
1: I think it's still really interesting that he picked West Virginia. I, I don't, th- I, I mean, I hate to be like this person because I don't know the kid at all, but like, I don't know if it was the right choice. Um, you look at other places that he could have been, Oregon State and Missouri, and and he I think he could have been really good. I mean, I'm wearing my Missouri shirt today, but I, he, I think he could have been really good at Mizzou. I think he would have been really good at Oregon State too. Like they've got a uh, they've got a, a better passing than they had in years past. And actually, they need help the quarterback spot, that's what they need the most of. Um it you know, the influence of Graham Harrell has the play calling's been a whole thing, like Neil Brown not giving that up and then trying to see what Graham Harrell can do with that. It's just not clicked for them at all. The one game where it really clicked was against Virginia Tech on the road at night. I thought was one of their best performances. And then the Baylor game, they clicked as well, too. Um, But you go back to that Virginia Tech game, and that was like the best version of them. They played pretty good defense, but they ran the football. It was so simple. And JT threw some darts. They protected pretty well, and they did a really good job. It, it's not been like that though for most of the year. I mean, he has been inconsistent uh, for a lot of this season. He's not, you know, he's completing 61% of his passes. He's made some bad, some bad decisions. He's thrown eight interceptions. He's been sacked 14 times. And that's not all on the offensive line. They've had some games. The offensive line has been fantastic. They've had some games. They really have not been at all. So it, it has been just like their defense an up and down year for them on the offense. And I, I, you know, when I think about like, okay, what does Oklahoma's de- uh, defense have to look out for? You know, usually if it's Baylor, we talk about the wide zone, right? And last week it was a bunch of guys who were, who were getting the job done on the ground this week. It's more of an individual thing, right? Don't let James or Ford Wheaton or Prather go crazy on you. And, you know, I mean, like, I think, I mean, I, I, I didn't hate, I might be wrong here, but like you kind of take your chances with Justin Johnson having a career day. Right. I mean, they, They've got one running back. Maybe they do more Garrett Green stuff, option run, you know, so they, they can add that element. And that's what I would do if I was them. But I don't know if they're going to go that direction to throw off the timing of J.T. Daniels and go one guy in, one guy out. I don't know. But I would say it's those individual guys on the outside because if you stop them, I mean, are we going to talking about Justin Johnson, 200 yards, three touchdowns, and Oklahoma loses? Like, I don't know if that's necessarily how this game's going to go down.
0: Okay, so one final question here for you, Josh, and thank you so much. Everybody, go check out Josh Neighbors over there with Locked on Big 12. Or, hey, right, SiriusXM, check out uh, Big 12 today as well. All of it. Get all of the uh, Josh Neighbors content. You can all of the Neighbors
1: there. content.
0: That's right. That's that's right, my friends. Uh, wh- what do you think? What's your score prediction on this game? How, how does this play out for Oklahoma and Morgantown?
1: Yeah, so what's the spread out right now? Do you have it off the top of your head? I, I looked earlier in the week and I completely forgot what it is. Is Oklahoma – Oklahoma's a, a favorite, I believe, uh, by one.
0: Yeah, it's about a touchdown.
1: Yeah, it's a touchdown favorite. So um, it's eight points now, yeah. Um, I, I would I would lay the points I would take Oklahoma. Just because – and look, I, I know West Virginia's kept games close in the road, but when you talk about – like I picked Baylor last week because what does Baylor want to do? They want to run the ball. What does Oklahoma not do? Well, they don't stop the run well. And then it adds th- three turnovers in. I didn't see that coming from, from Dylan Gabriel. And there you go. They all give him extra possessions. There was 10 points there. The margin towards the back part of that game was 10 points, you know, until Oklahoma scored late. So there's, there's not that matchup there. And then I would say the big thing for Oklahoma's offense, like this is your chance to get back on track. This really is your chance to be. And I mean, as a balanced offense, right? Running and the pass, not throwing three interceptions, taking care of the football, long sustained drives. I think the goal here is to make West Virginia, make the most out of limited possessions if possible because their offense is not very efficient. And, and so uh, that, you know, if you can limit the number of possessions of the game, I don't think you're going to see a situation where West Virginia, you know, uh, they, they can trade a little bit. We saw that with TCU. They did trade a bit, but we saw their offense stall out for good portions of that game too. If you limit possessions, kind of makes the stalling out period feel a little bit longer for them. And so I would say long scoring drives the big key for OU, and I think they can get those. And I think they win this game by I'll, I'll lay eight points.
0: Josh, appreciate you, man. The Josh and Josh show on Locked On Sooners. Not bad at all. Hey, we'll do it again. Enjoy the football this weekend. uh, M-I-Z-Z-O-U, and we'll see you later. there
2: you go. If you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Sooners listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. That's right, 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. If you've ever had a package stolen off your front porch or you – Maybe you live out in the country and there's just not a lot of uh, great security. There's not a lot of great lighting. Maybe you just need a home security system for you and you can get that over at Simply Safe. Again, Simply Safe has 24 7 monitoring agents that use Simply Safe tech to help protect your home and your loved ones. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report for the third year in a row. That's right, three times in a row, the number one home security system. By us news and world support in an, an emergency 24 7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from simply safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response simply safe is whole home security with advanced sesor, sensors for every room window and door hd security cameras for inside and out smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, other threats to your home. And with all the rain that we get sometimes in Oklahoma, flooding is a real issue that could threaten your home. So go check out Simply Safe at simplysafe.com slash locked on college, where you can get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. This is their biggest discount of the year. So don't wait. You won't want to miss it simplysafecom slash college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, Josh. Oklahoma, West Virginia, the big game. Well, at least for Oklahoma fans of the week, it's the next game. It's a, an opportunity to prove to themselves and to the fan base and to the country that this Oklahoma team does have something to offer. It's going to be better as things move forward. So, Josh, as we look at the keys to the game here offensively, what do you think Oklahoma has to do against this West Virginia defense to kind of get off to to a good start and then really get the ball rolling to where they have a more consistent offensive attack than they did maybe against Baylor?
0: Well, I'll start big picture in this game. And I feel like I've said this a couple of times this season. uh, I think, you know, mentioned this before the Nebraska game, definitely did before the Iowa State game. And I feel the same way here about West Virginia for Oklahoma make a bad team look bad right I mean I just look at some of the overall numbers for West Virginia they're 100th nationally in total yardage allowed so when you talk about keys to the game okay we can be generic don't turn it over the three times like you did right don't throw the three interceptions like you did last week versus Baylor I mean that part's obvious it's simple but man more than anything you know string drives together uh, you know, I just – complimentary football seems like it's been something that has not done very well. But just if we even break it down, you know, not from a complimentary football standpoint, John, but just from one side of the football standpoint, right? If you're off – like offensively for Oklahoma, get into a rhythm. Don't have those two or three drives in a row where all of a sudden it's four plays punt, three and out, punt it away. I, I want to see Oklahoma in this game take care of the football and establish a rhythm that – makes West Virginia look bad, right? This is not a good defense. Don't let them look that way.
2: On top of that, I want to see them air it out. Like, this is the game going up against the 118th ranked pass defense. West Virginia allows 276 yards per game. We're deep enough into the schedule where that's that's a huge number. So Dylan Gabriel, Marvin Mims, Theo Weiss, Drake Stoops, Braden Willis, Jaleel Farouk, whoever else you want, Gavin Freeman, like, this is the game. Let's air it out a little bit. We've been relying heavily on Eric Gray the last several weeks. As even though Dylan Gabriel had the three interceptions this week, this is going to be a huge bounce, bounce back performance from him. They may need to throw it a lot depending on how well the Oklahoma defense plays against West Virginia's offense. But this is one where I'm looking forward to seeing maybe Dylan Gabriel and the Oklahoma passing attack to just really let loose, unleash hell, pardon the language, and kind of, you know, uh, was it Maximus from Gladiator just, just go after it, like unleash the hordes and attack, attack, attack. I don't want to see a conservative game plan. I mean, against Baylor, against Iowa State, two really pretty good defenses. You had to, you know, play a little bit close to the chest a little bit. Not anymore. Let it all hang out. You got a few games left in the season. Build toward the future. We talked about this a little bit on yesterday's show in that I want to see the young guys play. The other thing I want to see as we build towards the future is an offense that, as you mentioned, plays more consistent football throughout the game. But also, I want to see that big threat attack come back. Like, I want to see the big play threat come back. So I think this is going to be a great week for Dylan Gabriel to kind of get back on track. I mean, he's not going to have to force anything. I think West Virginia is going to allow some of those things. But if they kind of bide their time in the passing game, those big plays will come but I think they're going to come you know, quite often in this matchup. Defensively, Josh, you can go big picture. You can go more specific. What do you think Oklahoma's got to do to slow down West Virginia and JT Daniels and Tony Mathis, an offense that's been pretty good at times, and other times you're like, what is this? What is this, Graham Harold that you're rolling out there?
0: Well, give yourself a chance to get off the field by forcing some third down and long situations, right? I mean, I think every single week we could have the same conversation – regardless of where West Virginia's at, which I, I want to say they're not very good running the football. Uh, I want to say they're maybe like, and I, I guess not very good. I want to say they're 60th, maybe naturally somewhere within that wheelhouse, which, okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know that you would define that as bad, but you certainly wouldn't define it as exemplary. Right. But I mean, for Oklahoma, it's always going to start right there right now, given the problems that Oklahoma's had stopping the run, you have to start with, okay. Uh, if, West Virginia decides they're going to run a little bit of option at you how can you handle that can you be technique sound can you be gap sound the Danny Stutzman thing is taking on a life of its own this week right because uh, he's sort of talking about ah you know is it a big deal to you know that one step difference well you know show me that that does matter this week versus West Virginia I mean it all starts stopping the run man with this defense.
2: Yeah, that's the thing that's been the the biggest issue for this defense. Two weeks ago against Iowa State, they were pretty good. Last week against Baylor, it was more of the same, more of what we saw against TCU in Kansas State and against Texas. And so that's got to be the thing that, that takes a bit of a better step. Danny Stutzman can talk about how the details don't like – or he kind of – I don't want to say he talked about the defense or the details not mattering, but he kind of like shrugged it off almost like, you know – he, You know, making jokes about it or, or trying to spin it in a, in a light that's kind of funny. It's hard to take that when you're when you're watching him kind of get out of position at times, run through the wrong gap, leaving gaps wide open or or anybody on the defense, really. And this is supposed to be kind of one of the quote unquote leaders of this team. Like everything matters. The details matter. And you can go to any job, any profession, like the details matter. The people who are really good at their job, the details matter. People in the NFL that are really good. Players, the details matter. The one step, it matters. Uh, And and playing against West Virginia, a team that did run again for, sorry, ran for more than two hundred yards against Baylor just a couple or a few weeks back in their forty-three to forty win in Morgantown. The details are going to matter. Tony Mathis is a good back. They're going to lean on the running game because JT Daniels has been so up and down this year. The offense has been so up and down. They're going to try and run the ball. That's going to be the the straightest point or straightest direction to victory for West Virginia point A to point B for West Virginia, run the football. If Oklahoma isn't up to the task, it could be another long game for the defense. And I'm kind of, you know, every week I go back and forth between, okay, I feel like Oklahoma is starting to prove something to me. I'm back in one of those situations where I feel like, well, maybe Oklahoma isn't going to be able to stop the run. So it's so much of this game. Like what is West Virginia? Are they going to be the team that beat Baylor 43 to 40? Are they going to be the team that only put up what 14 points against Iowa state or got railroaded by Texas tech? Like what is this team and who's going to show up in Morgantown on Saturday? That's a, that's a big question. And I, I think you're right. Running, you know, running the football or stopping the run is going to be huge. Getting out of, you know, getting off the field on third down, fourth down, because we know that this team is not good. Stopping fourth down attempts, doing all the little things. Well, I think if they can find some sort of pass rush, that'll be helpful. Obviously that's, that's not breaking news or anything like that. They got to win the turnover battle. Like if, if Dylan Gabriel or the offense turns the ball over the Oklahoma defense has to respond and get some turnovers of their own. So this is probably one of those games where I feel like I don't have a good handle on it because I don't know what West Virginia team we're going to get. Conversely, I don't necessarily know what Oklahoma team we're going to get. This is a team that has played such up and down football all year where, you know, we get, you know, a few good stops in a game and in a quarter. And then the next quarter, they go back to what they looked like early in the season in Big 12 play. You know, we get one game that's pretty strong. And then the next game, it's okay. Where'd the defense go again? We're back to asking those questions. So as we get into predicting this football game that's going to be at 11 a.m. on Saturday, Where are you headed? Oklahoma right now is minus seven and a half favorites on the road, going to Morgantown over the West Virginia Mountaineers. The over under, according to bet online is set at 68. So they're predicting another high scoring game for Oklahoma and West Virginia. How do you, how do you lean on this one?
0: I can't pick Oklahoma to cover the spread right now. I do think somehow, some way they're going to, probably by the wings of Dylan Gabriel in this offense, take a little bit better than they did. Uh, obviously uh, a week ago when they, well, when Gabriel was intercepted three times, I know we've hashed it out this week. You know, the ones a tipped ball, the other one, was there a DPI? Okay. It wasn't called. Uh, you got a nod of approval right there on the YouTube side from one John Williams. But look, I, I think that Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma, they have to take care of the football better. I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic that that's exactly what's going to happen. Really. They're, You know, the course of this season, you look at the numbers, like the quarterback comparison between these two, for example, John, 16 touchdowns, four picks for Dylan Gabriel, right? And I know that obviously you gotta omit the fact that what Gabriel didn't play for a quarter and a half throughout the season, so you can you know, you know, cook that into the numbers, I guess a little bit too, but whatever. JT Daniels, 13 touchdowns, eight interceptions. This guy is more gettable and has been more gottable than Dylan Gabriel has gotten got so far this season. So I expect that to continue like we saw versus uh, Iowa State. Not that Oklahoma is particularly adept at turning people over or putting themselves in positions defensively where it's situations where you might force a turnover. I do think we're going to see a bad team in the Big 12 be kind of that at key moments on Saturday uh, in West Virginia, right? Like we saw Oklahoma do to Iowa State where they got the three turnovers. So somehow, some way, by virtue of the fact that I just don't think West Virginia is very good, I'm going to take Oklahoma in a game that, yes, does see plenty of points. I'll take Oklahoma 37-31.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of of the mind that Oklahoma does cover in this one, that it's kind of one of those bounce-back performances like we saw against Kansas. I'm thinking it's going to be like a 10-point win where it's something like 44, 34. Um, they're going to hit the over. I just think the offense is going to be able to put up points. I do think they get aggressive. They're going to go for their own, you know, fourth down situations at times, and they're going to convert. I think it's going to be one of those situations where they're hungry. They're hungry to erase kind of what happened against Baylor offensively, where, I mean, they had every chance to win that football game, but some key mistakes at times and, you know, key penalties, just, you know, and like we talked about just kind of herky jerky play throughout the game where it was like a couple good series here. And then you go, you know, more than a quarter without scoring or yeah. And, or you have several turnovers that really hurt you, you know, poor fourth down conversion. And I think the defense battles back. I think it's not great, but it's kind of like what we saw against Kansas. You know, they give up points, they give up yards, but they make a few key stops in this game to make it a a game where Oklahoma is able to kind of, quote unquote, run away with it and get it like a 10 point win. So I'm, I'm going something like 44, 34, Oklahoma does give up a lot of rushing yards on the ground. We do hit the over on this, but I'm expecting a big game from Dylan Gabriel. I really am 300 something passing yards, three touchdowns. I think this is going to be one of those kind of Theo Weiss moment games. And we have, he's kind of been quiet the last few weeks. We've seen Marvin Mims. We've seen Jaleel Farouk, Brayden Willis had a big game um, as well. And so to me, I think it's going to be the Theo Weiss game where he kind of has Not a not maybe a hundred yard game, but maybe like a four for 50 and a touchdown kind of a game. He kind of gets off the schneid a little bit, but that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you uh, go check out Locked On Big 12 with our guy Josh Neighbors, always a great resource for Big 12 action. Great game coming up this weekend between TCU and Texas. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch as well. Big, big 12. Uh, title game implications, as well as the college football playoff game implications for the Horned Frogs. So a lot to watch in the Big 12 this week. We'll be back next week to break it all down for you, break down Oklahoma, West Virginia, as, as well as what happened in the conference on Locked On Sooners. So for Josh Helmer, I'm John Williams. We'll catch you then. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Hope you stay warm with the cold front coming in as well. Catch you then. Boomer Sooner.